0: Alright, alright, the gameplay's rolling, so it looks like we are currently live, guys. What's going on, everyone? Welcome tonight to another edition of the Xbox Roundtable Podcast, with this being show number 252. Naturally, I'm Invader, and it's great to see everybody here tonight. As per usual, a lot of things to cover from the past week in the world of Xbox and all things gaming the release of Pentiment, uh, Phil Spencer's comments with The Verge, his latest interview as he's making the rounds, and the nominations for the Video Game Awards uh, in December, uh, some surprises, some shoe ins from the sounds of things, um, but uh, yeah, lots of news to cover, maybe a little more than that, uh, lots of interesting things to go over. But first, where would I be without my awesome, awesome panel members? Let me introduce everyone who is on tonight, starting up with Crusader. How are you doing, pal?
1: I'm good. I have been playing a lot of Vampire Survivors.
0: Yeah, that seems to be the latest crack for the past couple a of days. What of the heck? That, that that sucker just appeared out of nowhere.
1: Um, so it, it it got really popular because it hit Game Pass, but it... um. Uh, it was in early access since last year. Um, really, I didn't even know and that. And <laughs> yeah, no, it was in early access on PC since last year. I should say it, it hit Xbox in November. Um, but yeah, no, I, it's really good. I'm like five achievements away from uh having all of them. Um, it it's just really good.
0: Alright, alright. Yeah, I've seen Mav and like a whole bunch of other people playing it, talking it up. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should give it a download. But uh, currently yeah. working my way through Pentiment and a few other games, but we'll see. I mean, Game Pass has a few uh little indie gems I wanna try out. But uh yeah. Yeah, no, definitely on your recommendation alone I will give it a shot. Moving on over to Eric Shockley, buddy, hey, how how's things in your neck of the woods?
2: Uh, pretty good. Just getting ready for a long or a long upcoming tri- trip to go across the country. But uh, oh. this or this week. Uh, but um, so probably won't get too much game again before the end of it. But um, not ready to get into these uh topics here. But uh, Pintama, I haven't got a chance to try that one. Um, I saw you know got pretty good re- or had favorable reviews. So um, looked interesting didn't think i'd be into it but maybe you know if it's uh, highly rated i'll give it a try
0: all right all right yes another surprise uh little game that's kind of uh popped up and a lot of favorable reviews lately we will go into that later on um i've been playing it a bit and it's interesting it's interesting moving on down here centurion buddy pal uh, How has uh, the gaming scene been with you the past week?
3: It's actually been going pretty pretty damn good. We'll just say that. Um, I mean, it's I've been playing The Outer Worlds. Um, I bought the, the edition that came with all the DLC. Yes, I actually own Ooh. The Outer Worlds. I am not one of those that just sit there and say, it's in Game Pass, why should I buy it? <laughs> I buy the games I love. I support the developers I want to support. And yeah, so I was like, you know what, this is in my backlog. I got to play these DLCs. I've already beat it once. But now I'm going through a second time through the game, um, doing things that I didn't do uh, in the previous playthrough that I did. Um, Really kind of... I'm having a lot more fun with it. The first time I played it, it was more like just a grind fest. You know, how quickly can I go through the game? Now I'm going through and modifying a lot of my uh, – somebody chuckle? What was that? Just I'm sorry, I I,
1: oh, I, I, I was going to say I've been
3: <laughs> No, <playing>. you're fine. <laughs> oh, man. Just having fun. I'm I'm chidefully having fun. Um, yeah, uh, but other than that, um, I'm looking forward to Tuesday um debating on whether or not i should really throw the money down to grab uh evil west um i mean like the only reason why it's like do i wait or do i get it for the pre-order bonus even though it's cosmetic um i mean i've watched a lot of videos about it i've heard a lot of good things about it um acg uh was able to get a good hands-on uh if you don't know who he is you need to go check out his channel and uh, see his little like ten minute video on Evil West. To me, I'm excited. Um, mm-hmm. And one final note, if I may say something, um, just because I'm a a a film guy and a and a pop culture kind of aficionado kind of thing, um, my my heart and condolences go out to the uh, the Green Rangers family. Because yeah, today when I opened up my phone, I found out that we uh, lost the actor that played the Green Ranger for power rangers a show that totally uh was like my childhood
0: dude i was a huge green ranger guy like um well we're the same age so obviously we would like you know some of the same things growing up so power rangers was a huge uh part of my uh i I was really into it growing up
3: um just real fun fact not to go off topic but um the green ranger was originally only slated for 14 episodes in the season that he came in, or at least when they contracted him, but he became such a loved actor and character that after they had pretty much, you know, sunsetted the Green Ranger character, because if you watch the show, he lost his powers and that power coin was gone. That's when they fully wrote him in as a full-time character as the White Ranger. So it's like, without knowing they hired somebody that became almost a, a fundamental face of the franchise.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had saw it uh, earlier today. I was like, "Damn. Damn. That's uh pretty shocking." Dude.
3: Oh, it was, dude. Um. And you know, like, yeah, man. I mean, it just really stinks that you know, freaking like, you know, I, I there's a lot of miscon. There's a lot of uh mystery right now on exactly what happened. Uh, but either way, we, you know, lost somebody that actually, you know, helped basically form, you know, childhood memories for me. I mean, I loved having action figures, the dragon flute, and everything.
0: Yes, I know. I <laughs> I still have a lot of those old uh, toys in storage too. Damn,
3: dude, if you got Green Ranger memorabilia, guys, dust that stuff off, man, because holy cow, you know how it is like with art, man. Doesn't get worth money until you until you're no longer part of this world.
2: I won't. Uh, take his, too- his pops are gonna start selling hot, like hotcakes oh. even more than they were. Um, oh,
3: dude! I was in a store today and I almost like forked out 110 bucks for a dragon flute just to have it here, just because I'm like, dude, his freaking memorabilia is gonna freaking go everywhere. So, now.
0: just to chime in here, we won't spend too much time on it, but like, obviously, again, I, I found out about the Green Ranger, you know, the passing of him. And it, it didn't click in with me at first, but I have a few things on eBay and some other sites. One of them is a Green Ranger Funko Pop. And yeah. yeah, let me let's just say I was wondering why I was getting so many watchers and all these uh bids taking place. Um And then it just dawned on me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, people are bidding on it because, you know, he you know, the, his passing and it's going up, like, I guess it's going up in value now. And I'm just like, oh man, it's like, do I, you know, like in a way it's kind of morbid. It's like, do I take it off? Do I keep it up? I mean, I wasn't doing anything wrong by keeping, you know, by having it on sale in the first place, but it's like, and then I went to go check to see the prices of it. And like, there's some of him with his, like his signature on them. And like, some people are like putting them up for, really ridiculous prices all of a sudden and i'm just like damn No, you're right like uh centurion like as soon as that happened like everything shot
3: up the one that do you have the one with his helmet off or with his helmet on uh helmet on then you've got the good one i i will say it right now i have pops running around here i just i just picked up one today from 2019 it's like a special edition boba fett one of the 10 inch bobblehead ones and, like, I, when I look at the two of them, the one I want to get my hands on is the one with his helmet on because the one with his helmet off is everywhere. So you've got, like, the sought-after one.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't really I, – I I know that it's, like, vaulted and whatnot, but uh, I didn't realize that it was, like, that heavily sought-after. But, hey, good to know. Good to know. But, uh, yeah, I'll have to go through a bunch of my – are.
3: If you ever come down to Arizona, Pops are big, big business down here. I could take you to two stores right now. Hmm. Uh, One, particularly in the Arrowhead Mall, Hmm. it's literally a Pop store, wall to wall Pops, floor to ceiling, every wall, little center mezzanines on Pops. Like literally, it. The only thing this store sells is Pops, Um, Hmm. and basically, rare ones, popular ones, uh, hard to find ones. I mean, literally, that's what. Pops are big business out here.
0: (laughs) Hmm. Yeah either way, sad, very sad, so, um, but, yeah, no, pops are pretty big business here, too, they're everywhere, um, but, yeah, no, very sad, very sad, and I see a lot of love in the chat for the guy, too, hey, guys, <laughs> again, Power Rangers fan growing up, and, uh, yeah, huge Green Ranger fan, um, and, I guess, White Ranger, too, later on, and so on, but, uh, well, I guess we'll just, stop there but yeah you yeah, very sad very sad uh tim dog won't be making it tonight unfortunately but he will be back uh next time as well general is running a little bit late but he will be here sometime very very soon and uh what else what else well again guys it's just great seeing everyone here already but hey you know what we would love to see more so please share this show out and give it a like as it does really help us out a lot with the algorithm and whatnot um, hey, You know, I got a shell that way, right? Uh, but it's great seeing everybody here in the chat already. Just want to see a little more. Also, remi- a reminder that we do have a giveaway going on. So check the description down below for ways on how to, to participate with that. The clock is ticking. So, uh, hey, get right on that, guys. Only uh, maybe uh, a week, week and a half away. Get right on it. Okay. Well, on that note, guys, why don't we get into our first topic of the night? and we will talk about the game awards <clears throat> and earlier this week we got the nominees for all the categories including the game of the year certainly looks like a few surprises there i know that it was kind of a slow year what with all the delays and whatnot but eh, still some uh, still some pretty big games i'm curious what everyone here uh, thinks of all the nominations i'll start off with my very inquisitive friend crusader Bud, what's your reaction to the nominations? Uh, anything really catch your eye in particular? Hello?
1: Can you hear me now? Yeah, hello, I can hear hello. you now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you.
1: I thought I muted myself, but it turns out... Or I thought I unmuted myself. Turns out I had muted myself. <laughs> um, uh, so I thought all the nominations were pretty good. Um at least when they first came out. The only one that I'm rather irritated with is actually Stray being nominated for Game of the Year. If they wanted to put an indie in that spot, it legitimately should have been Vampire Survivors. I'm sorry. Like, having played both, and Vampire Survivors is just such a better game. Uh, just through and through. Like, Stray... people has like cats. market appeal. Um, which maybe that's why, because, I mean, it's just like the Oscars, right? Where, like, shit, that's Mass Market Appeal, usually. Uh... Uh, it's what gets nominated, but um, I, I otherwise I was pretty, you know, I, I can't say I wasn't unsatisfied, right? Because like I have no real stake in it. Like I'm not, I'm not winning an award myself, um, so I don't really care what wins. I'm more watching the awards every year just for the fact that we get game announcements at them, right? The the awards, it's cool to be like part of everything, like and and watch it all go down. But like I don't really i'm not that invested if that makes sense and uh, i i thought it was generally pretty good um it'll be i also look elden ring has a good story but i don't know that like together it's necessarily something that maybe should be best narrative because like i mean it it has a very unique narrative structure where like it, it tells you everything like indirectly right like like and that, that's fine. That is a way to do narrative. But I don't think the story it was telling was good enough to make up for the indirectness that you have to go through to get it. And, like, I don't think that it synergized enough for, for that. So, like, I, I wasn't, like, the biggest fan there. But, like, again, I don't really know what people expect going into these things. Um, because it, it, not everything, I mean, it's just, like, at the Oscars, like, most things that you you want or hope aren't necessarily there and so I, I just kind of ride it out as like a, a, a cool time when like the industry comes together to to show stuff off so I, I thought it was cool I, I, I thought it was good I'm really annoyed that like Jeff Keighley on like Twitter will just like retweet the entire thread one at a time and it takes up my entire <laughs> 20 minutes like that was actually kind of annoying that day that like it, it just took over my feed for a solid 20-30 minutes because of like him constantly retweeting it but like you know, I, I think the show is going to be good. I, I'm excited for it. Um, uh, it it's mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of reveals. Um, hoping that we'll see like something like Dragon Age shown again. Uh, since Considering they just said that like it's playable from start to finish for uh, just a few months ago. Because uh, it was revealed there originally a few years back. Same uh, show that they... Oh, no, no, they they revealed it the one year, and then they revealed Mass Effect the next year. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm more excited for the game hordes to see what we're going to actually be shown that's new, rather than to actually see anything about the awards. Like, I, I don't...
0: I think most I, people are like that, to be honest. Even myself, I could really... I mean, there's a couple of categories that I'm curious about, but otherwise, it's all about the reveals.
1: Like, if there's a franchise that I'm really, really in love with, right? Like, it'll be like, yeah... I really want that to, to to do really really well, right? Like Ratchet and Clank, I really wanted to do really really well, but I grew up with Ratchet and Clank, right? And like Mass Effect, next time Mass Effect's, you know, Mass Effect next going to be going to be nominated for the Game Awards. You heard it here first. Um, That that's my like six year out prediction, right? But and so like I'll I'll be rooting for that real hard, and like, but otherwise like I'm not. I guess I'm more separated from it than a lot of people cuz like I don't I'm not winning the award, so I don't really care about the award. And that that's true for like any kind of award if if I'm not winning it or it's not like I don't have a per, like a close friend who's who works at any of these companies like if, if 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 you were someone who had a friend who's like on the narrative team at Sony Santa Monica, right? Then yeah, you absolutely want God Award to win cuz you want your friend to essentially get that award on their record. You know what I mean? But I don't, so I don't really care what wins. I, I, it, it, it doesn't make me, the awards don't make me like or dislike something more or less. Does that make sense? Uh, mm-hmm. I will say that, like, with the indie category and the, the games for, well, what is it? Like, the, the games for meaning or whatever it is, like the, uh, like that, that, like, True Colors won that, th- or the, 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 the True Colors. What's the, the series that in Life is Strange. Life is Strange, like, started that category, where it's, like, the, the games that have, like, the, just, like, the deeper meaning and stuff like that. Uh, I, I forget which game won it last year. I like those categories, because I actually learn about games that I've literally never heard of before. Like, the indie category, there's sometimes games in there that I'm just like, what is this? You know what I mean? This year, I don't think it was that way. This year, I, I knew most of them. But, um, so, like, I, I guess that's one thing I do like about the Game Awards, is, like, the the... Sometimes I do learn about obscure games that are winning awards and I go check them out because, like, if enough people are talking about it, then maybe I'll, you know, maybe I should, I, I should, uh, check it. And when Vampire Survivors got nominated for, uh, Indie Game of the Year, that's when I decided I was going to play it. And having played it, I, yep, it, it deserves that nomination. I think it should have been nominated for the whole, uh, above stray. But yeah, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really think anything got, Um, I don't think anything really got, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, what's the term for, like, should have shown up but didn't? Um, snubbed. I don't think, in my opinion, anything really got snubbed. Um, uh, maybe Halo in the music category, but I think yeah no Halo would have qualified this year. So maybe Halo in the music category because Halo Infinite, like while it had lots of problems in many areas of its game, the music was very, very good. So mm-hmm. like maybe you could call that a snub. Um, but uh you know, I, I, I don't from what released this year, I think that that it's basically what it should probably look like. Uh, and I, I will say that they're, they're I'm a little. A lot of people call it a PlayStation skew, and I don't think it's a PlayStation skew necessarily as a, uh, a third-person action-adventure skew, and that just happens to be what PlayStation makes because that's, like, the most popular type of game that there, there is right now. It's, like, the the, the third person of the shoulder. And first person gets thrown in there, but there are just less first-person games made um, than, than the third-person ones. And that's just... It's the same thing in the like that you see in the Oscars where specific genres are, like, the ones that always get covered where other ones that maybe are quite deserving don't get covered Um, uh, people say it's a if there was listen Microsoft wouldn't host the event at their own theater if there was an actual like bias towards a competitor Um, Mm -hmm. the, the bias is towards the genres and look Starfield is going to show up next year. It would have shown up this year if they released it. Well, Um, it it fits that genre.
0: I am curious about Uh, again the most anticipated game. I think Starfield should probably dominate, if not Zelda.
1: But I'm trying to remember there. I remember something being off about that list. The most anticipated game. There was like a game that was that, in my opinion, was like missing from it. Does anyone have the list on them that they Uh, can rattle off? Yeah, I I have
0: it here. It's Final Fantasy. Hogwarts okay. Legacy, Resident okay. Evil Four, mm-hmm. Starfield, and Zelda.
1: Okay, it was okay. I, I remember. It's wait, did you say Spider Man? No. Oh. Yeah, spi- the fact that Spider Man's not there and Resident Evil Four is, it was really weird. That that's what was. It was it was like Spider Man over Resident Evil Four. Splash Hogwarts felt really weird to me, because I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, and I just don't. I don't feel the hype for Hogwarts. But like, I, I was shocked that 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 didn't show up. And there was like, there's one other game that's a big game that's coming out next year that I was like, how did this not make it on there? But the remake did. Does that make sense? Well, to be and, fair, I, there's a lot the of games that, next year. Yeah, there's a lot of games, and I, I can't pick them off the top. of my head. I remember looking at that category and being like, yep. Yeah, Ninety percent of this makes sense, but there's a couple games that are not on there that, like, I'm, like, I'm honestly shocked that Final Fantasy VII wasn't on there over Final Fantasy XVI, right? That that I I've seen far more, like not that Final Fantasy XVI does not have hype behind it, right? But I've seen far more hype for Final Fantasy VII remake part two, what is it, re uh, reunion, than I have for sixteen, and and so like, that there are some things where I'm just like Jeff, this just seems kind of kind of silly and like I, I wish some other genres would get more more notice like i wish uh because what was it, total war mm-hmm. three yeah. the rts yeah it's i've so. heard it's excellent like it's an excellent rts and people were sad that it like didn't show up at all right But, like, it's the wrong genre to show up. Kind of like how superhero movies... They could be the best superhero movie in the world, but they don't show up at the Oscars. Like, I don't think... Did The Dark Knight even show up at the Oscars way back when?
0: Maybe in the music category, but I can't remember.
1: Yeah, like, I I don't... There's just some categories that, because of what it is, it just doesn't show up, because a lot of the critics don't know what it is because it's so niche, and that's that's a shame to
0: me, because... Keep in mind... Keep in mind. Remember Forza Horizon Five last year?
1: <laughs> yeah, I do remember Forza Horizon Five last year, and that was that was that's part of the my my biggest problem with the Game Awards, which I wasn't gonna bring up today, but I, I guess I will. And that's when it's held. It's held in December. It, it, the Game Awards wants to be the Oscars of, of gaming, right? And I mean, it is it is the most probably the the most well done show. Now, the the Dice Awards are probably a better example of like actually critiquing. Uh, games properly, but that's done within, exclusively within the game development community, right? Like journalists don't vote on that. It's all it's all development voted. Um, and so like I, I have different expectations for them, right? Like I expected this to be the the third slash first person shooter show, right? Like that that's generally speaking what it's always been. But um, I think it should be held in February. And it should run calendar year to calendar year, not December to December. And ha- it, like, at the very least, if you will still want to hold it from, like, November to November, right? You should make the cutoff date for submissions a month after the cutoff date for the game releasing. That way there is guaranteed enough time for reviews. Because that was one of the big things that happened with Forza last year was Forza technically made the date as a game. But the reviewers didn't have time to rev- like to actually review it mm. ahead of submitting their votes, so like because they, they only there's only a two week gap between the the deadline for games and the review period. and for a lot of reviewers, that's not enough time like that that's what Jeff Grubb said about like their votes like they, they put the, they had they they knew they weren't going to have enough time to to um for forza Forza probably would have been nominated for more um last year if it hadn't been for for that the other thing about forza is it it fall it, again falls back to that that thing that forza is not a third person action adventure game it's not a first person shooter it's not right and it, it, it's it's not a like an an indie that captivates the world like minecraft or terraria or hollow knight or you know like like the those indies that like like the, uh vampire survivors right it's it's not an indie that captivates the like entire world right so it, it's not as many of the reviewers who are reviewing it and who make up the council of people who vote on stuff actually are going to e- have even played the game in the first place because it's not a genre they play. And that's just a problem with any kind of award show that's not done within the industry. And you don't have those kinds of award shows, right? Like, they don't... The only one that we we have in the gaming industry is the DICE Awards, like I said. And there, there really isn't one. I guess it's the like the the Tribeca Film Festival is kind of that um in in tv film
2: um i mean there's the Bat. what the
1: the academy do that that's no. the british yeah they do happen. game
2: awards too
1: yeah they're they're okay and again but the, the the problem with those is right they're not big events right it's not something it's correct me if i'm wrong they're not something you tune in to watch nice awards you definitely don't mm-hmm. tune in to watch that's just a, they literally <laughs> release it in a, in a in an article and that that's all the fanfare right and so if you want the big the 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 biggest ones that everyone comes to watch the the Oscars or the you know the the VGAs they're 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 run by the 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 video game journalists and uh, video game media like the like uh, per- media personalities like Jeff Keighley and there's nothing wrong with that and it, but you're just you're going to have a bias in that towards what the most common types of games or movies in the ter- in in the with the Oscars you're gonna have a, a bias towards what the the those panelists like honestly prefer, and that's just something you you live with. Like we live with it with the Oscars. It's it, it is. I, I'm gonna end up, like and that's again. It's another reason why I don't really care. I, I like I, I'm show I'm showing up to Keeley show to watch the games and root for Vampire Survivors in the indie showcase because I will root for the indie devs that I like because like them getting an award could be like someone getting a you know a studio and their next game being instantly published and them having economic security you know what i mean like for mm-hmm. them it, it it actually matters you know mm-hmm. just getting nominated is huge for the Indies.
0: absolutely absolutely
1: good for those straight devs. good on them <laughs> yeah the, like, ki-
0: the kitty cat game did it yeah the cat
1: game did it
0: all right i'll pick on someone else but before that uh carlos alvarado with the 199 super chat thank you very much carlos uh 12 hours later act two really enjoying pentiment yeah i have got a well i'm still early on into it but it's again we'll talk about a little more later but it's an interesting title uh happy to hear that you're enjoying it a lot of people seem to be uh let's see uh centurion pal i mean i'll pick on you for uh Again, to go deeper into the Video Game Award nominations here, anything stand out to you? Do, do you agree with what uh, Crusader's saying? Uh, you know, what else do you have to add to this conversation?
3: Well, if I could be absolutely honest, I've got something to add, but... Please do. <laughs> that's where, so... Let me bring it up on my screen here. Um, because it's kind of like Crusader kind of validated what i'm about to say in the fact that crusader doesn't care and i'm not saying that that that's a bad thing or anything it's those terms i don't care and this is actually what jeremy pinter uh if you're not familiar with him again another plug for acg i oh, really love his podcast
0: and stuff i think i know where he, you're going yeah go ahead uh-huh
3: let, let, yeah let's go down this let's go down this rabbit hole for you guys who didn't tune in to uh gaz's show on game on daily go live podcast Um, Jeremy went down a road that I have to agree with, um, that the game awards are corrupt. Not that the people involved are corrupt. It's the system that has been created, uh, to create, um, the game awards itself, like the rules they've put in place. Um, his exact words were, uh, that this... Like basic uh for starters, let's talk about how the game that the dates isn't from January to December. And it's basically what he referred to as some nebulous day that we have no reason why it's that day. We have no reason why it can be another day. And I also have to agree with him, and this is my own opinion. We're talking about the day de- the day moves around. We all remember when um, we all remember when Forza Horizon came out. Oh well, it, it it came out before the date for Game of the Year, so you know it, we got it into the racing game category. But it came out before the date. But we're shuffling. But like this year, apparently, um, if I'm correct, didn't Forza come out before God of War Ragnarok? But somehow, God of War Ragnarok, boom, right in there. God of War Ragnarok God of War, game
1: Ragnarok of the year. Had, a, had a one month review period though. That's the difference. Sony made sure that the game was in reviewers which, hands a month before it came out.
3: Which is basically some of the corruption he's talking about.
1: Is that actually it, corruption though or is that planning just well, having your game in reviewers hands a month so they have time to review it?
3: Um, let's also talk about how you said that it's the journalists I mean, you know why so, YouTube is so did, successful Halo because the the journalists Halo. basically shafted the entire gaming community and they have gone around spewing their rhetoric and their bullshit for years. And therefore, why are we allowing they say they involve influencers in these votes when even Jeremy straight up said that it is probably more than likely the journalists have total control. Over how these games are basically slated out to us and because people don't care they get away with it he even said that the game of the year title should be taken very seriously and it should mean more than I don't care and that's where I have to agree with him we have all got into this system and this law of we just show up every single year for the damn commercials
0: well, I mean, yeah, I mean that is my guilt too. That's what I'm going there for, to be honest with you. Um, and in a way, you know, props to uh, Jeff and all them for getting some of those big uh, commercials. Otherwise, I think a lot of people would not tune in. Um, no, and
3: no, please let Crusader also speak. I didn't want to invade and in, like interrupt Crusader. No, I want to. I want to have like, his input well, totally.
1: So one of the things that like reviewers have been asking for for years is to get games more than like a week before that they, they come out for to review them. Microsoft did it with Halo this year, this this last year, and it did. It wasn't even for the purpose of the Game Awards. It was just to give it to them a month early for reviews. Right? Um, almost all of the reviewers that I'm friends with had it a month early. Like I, I know, uh, I I know Grub did. And I know I'm 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 pretty sure Jez did, um, but like the the actual the actual um review process, like how games are reviewed in general, and like how review codes are sent out, needs to be more standardized, more more looked at in general. like like companies shouldn't have to ask for it. They like companies should be given codes to to review these games if they're if they're gonna review them um they should that there shouldn't be a uh uh you get it a week before the game and you can't talk about certain platforms like cyberpunk that was the greatest that the, the people they should be investigated for that not not the journalist companies saying they, they couldn't do anything yeah the,
0: that was like cd like, project red
1: should be investigated for that like um that that's just a, a massive problem and part of it is that work on the games is pushed up until the deadline, whereas, like, that way back when, it used to be that, like, oh, the, when the game went gold, it went gold and was finished, and you could send out your review copies at the same time that you were uh, sending it for full production. Um, so, like, I, I have to take a step back with saying that, like, Sony's necessarily corrupt in...
3: Oh, no, I didn't say Sony. In, I was saying okay, that... Okay. I was like, saying the VGAs themselves, because what Jeremy called out for is sure. Jeff Keeley and all the powers that be over at the VGAs need to be more transparent on the systems that are used to give these games, to get these oh, games slated into these I, nominations.
1: I agree. I agree with that 100%. Um, I, I will say that a lot of problems with even the November time period can be solved with companies literally just sending out the, the review codes earlier. Right. Like um, we, like we need more, God of War and Halo Infinite style reviewing in the industry period right we, we need more of it that the people who are going to review the games have a full freaking month to review them if your game's going to be 60 hours long right if you like halo i think it took me 30 hours 40 hours to do everything i can't quite remember i mean it's it's been a year um i, I can't quite remember how long and, and i know god of war took me 45 i just i platinumed it um so like if, if you're making a game that big and you want people to review it and you want them to have a review for day one, give them the time to do so, you know? And that, that was a big problem with Forza, with, with Microsoft did not make that decision with Forza. Forza, I believe, reviews went out a week before, uh, codes went out a week before the game launched, which was actually only a few days before the launch for the... Pre-orders of the deluxe edition. Remember how like all those users got it like five days early. So like the review period for Forza was a problem. Just in in general, like I- ignoring the the game awards. Like we should be asking companies like Microsoft and everyone to to give the reviewers more time to review stuff. And we should also be asking them to give more codes out to more people so that more people can review it. Period. End of story um i i hate seeing major games only have like 25 reviews uh early right we've had halo didn't have that problem um god of war didn't have that problem but like i've seen some nintendo games have that problem recently um switch the the pokemon game didn't the pokemon game got trashed as it should for the yeah so
3: when you say more go more codes should be given out who are you saying these codes should be given to because that's at least the other half of the argument that I have to agree with that literally it's like not to be mean, but it's a lie fed to us that, that influencers influencers are part of some voting process when they actually know that these, these awards basically lean heavily on major journalistic platforms.
1: You're not, you're not wrong. Well, number one, I would say that like, I, I used to love when IGN would do the the counter reviews where they'd have basically two people review it, and you would get like, usually one that was more positive and usually one that was more negative. But at least it would be two different perspectives on a game from two different, uh, like people that had two different like very like mindsets in gaming at the very least. Um, because like another problem is like they'll send one review code per per uh, um, per company, right? And it comes down to just one one person at the company reviewing it. And then you get, well, number one, you get the weird things where, like, you'll have a bunch of good reviews and then, like, one negative one. Um, Because, like, that was that person's opinion. And that's fine. But, like, I liked seeing, even within companies and even within an individual review, seeing multiple people author their, like, an opinion section within them. Right? So even if it was just more codes to IGN or GameSpot or windows central or push square or whatever whatever website you want to pick right i'd like to see more individuals within a review rather than just one person does that make
3: sense um Mm
1: -hmm. especially for larger games
3: so Um, i I was just wanting to add on like because i see like you know 80 million or whatever tune, like from Geeky Nerd talking about how many people tune in for the trailers. Um, Like, I'm sorry, but like, let's just point it out right now. um, Geeky Nerd, why do you come here to this podcast? You're more heavily invested into video gaming than probably 90 some percent of that 80 million. Like, literally, you are part of a small demographic of people that actually love gaming so much that you're actually willing to listen to a show Um, On YouTube and that's the biggest problem is anybody who is worth their salt in in knowledge on gaming And and enjoys gaming i'm not talking to journalists people like me crusader invader everybody on this show everybody that's on youtube We're here because we invest our time into uh, something that we enjoy um and that's where at least the casual gamer or somebody who doesn't flip on a YouTube show, a Spotify show, even on Apple, on Apple, on iTunes or whatever, where you can download podcasting. Um, These, these people aren't tuning into podcasts like this. They're not watching the content that the community puts out. They rely on the journals, the journalists that basically have caused a lot of people to turn away from journalistic platforms because they get tired of, you know, like, hey, such and such game company really treated me to an awesome breakfast, and then they asked me to review this game. I'm going to be completely biased on my review because I really enjoyed breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's a tactic. It's how it works. You, like, literally, it's something that even the movie industry does. If you know, like, it, it, like let's just say you're a, a, you're a film director, and you know Joe Blow is the guy that's going to be the one who makes the decision on your movie. Well, you're going to send Joe Blow to a dinner. Hell, you might even mail that dude a Rolex. So that way, when it comes to voting time, he's going to have those gears go in his head. And he's going to be like, oh, man, this guy really treated me to a great dinner. He bought me this awesome watch. <sighs> you know what? I like him. I'm just going to vote biasly because he really wined and dined me it's the same concept in gaming. Literally that they have total, there has been stories about how journalists will be flown out somewhere in some nice hotel. They're given a really great meal and then they're asked, Hey, while you're here, would you mind reviewing this? Um, It's basically kind of like, you know, padding, you know, padding the outcome. And that's where I really do feel that you shouldn't give the entire community a vote. I just really do say that you know some of the bigger member people some of the bigger gaming influencers people with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers millions I'm just saying that why, wa- like the gaming journalism industry knows that literally uh, uh, the major part of the hardcore gaming community has turned their back on the journalists because they're tired of rhetoric I mean like literally I mean days gone was a very good game for me let's use playstation days gone was a great game i enjoyed days gone but right off the rip gaming journalist oh here we go we not got another white male protagonist
0: Oh. what the hell
3: does that anything to do with anything
0: well kotaku. like right off
3: the rip <laughs> huh
0: i was gonna say oh probably a kotaku article right <laughs>
3: I'm probably yeah, that's what I mean. And the thing is, and it was done by somebody who basically wanted to just somehow push a narrative that the, the main characters are male, then they decided to interject a race, a race concept into it. And I'm like, dude, we play games to escape this bullshit, because I'm sorry, the world is crazy. And we don't want world events and issues coming into a hobby of ours. And basically now you're just bringing outside problems into something that we use to escape. And that's a big portion of why a lot of the uh, hardcore community, I hate using the word hardcore because I don't care if you're playing on your cell phone or you're playing on the best damn gaming rig known to mankind. A game is a game. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, okay, so... Oh, I just got to take a look in the chat here. We got a super chat from Jujitsu 50 for four ninety nine. Thank you very much, pal. Loving Pentamint on Act 3 and look forward to finishing the game. Hmm, lots of love for Pentamint. Uh, I can't wait to uh, get into the conversation in a little bit, but uh, yeah, lots of love for it. Um, no, well said there, Centurion. Honestly, um, like I, I understand your position. Um... Yeah, no, I hear you, pal. Oh, General MLD, buddy, I just saw you walk in there. Uh, just quickly, how you doing?
4: Hey, pretty good. Oh, I just I didn't want to interrupt the flow there, but uh, yeah, yeah, doing good. Sorry I'm late, but uh, eager to you know jump in, put in my two cents.
0: All right, all right. I'll get to uh, Shockley first, and then uh, you're more than welcome to chime in, uh, Eric, no pal. Eric, pal. I just uh, curious, do you agree with what? Uh, centurion crusader are saying about like the video game awards their perspectives also what do you think about all the nominees
2: yeah for the most part it definitely valid um uh, from like both 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 sides so far um yeah we, i mean at these days i just look at i just only turn in for like hey the big announcements or hey we're gonna see hellblade gameplay for the first time or Stuff like, because you know, at this point, it just feels like they're like when I looked at the, I think it was the year that Gears got like completely stoned, and I saw, and I was a big fan of Smash Brothers Ultimate, but it getting nominated for Game of the Year and you know possibly taking like Gears Five spot was just kind of egregious. Like it's it, it's uh, it's it's we Smash Brothers, like we you know we use Smash Brothers with hey we brought some other characters back and we gave it more of a uh just kind of like i'm gonna say story mode or like adventure mode like an upgraded venture mode and then and then that was pretty much it we didn't really have to do much pretty much the same fighting styles it wasn't like some jump from you know the first smash brothers to like melee or even melee to some of the other titles um so like when I see stuff like that happen, or yeah, where like Forza doesn't even get <laughs> a nomination, and I think yeah, I think Gears didn't even get—I don't even know if they got nominated for action game that year, or it was like they get, didn't get nominated for much that year. But um, but then when I see like Stray get in there, I'd be honest—I haven't played that one, but I I feel like. Seafood got way more praise, and it didn't get nominated for Game of the Year. But I feel like that should be a an- case. That was like way more talk. Like all the hardcore people that had a like PlayStation were playing it and were nuts about it. And like, hey, I got to this, you know, this, this part of the game at this age, and there was way more buzz about that game. And it's cool, like fighting style than Stray. <laughs> stray was more like, hey. Playing it and the cat's right here and he's acting weird and goofy and on the TV because he thinks there's a cat there. That's that's the you know the extent of that. Now I'm interested in you know checking it out to play it, but I feel like uh, Sifu should probably be in its place, and I don't think they should just uh, an indie in there just to have an indie. Like they shouldn't be like, hey, we're gonna put four, you know, play titles in there and then we'll have a slot for but if, if the indie's not good enough to be in that same ballpark, then it doesn't belong. That's it. Um, but yeah, like some of the cutoff stuff, they they should definitely you know switch it to more of like an Oscars thing where it's like, hey, you get it's there's plenty of time. That's the other part of it. Like if they held it in like say a February or whatever, they would give enough space to where you could get your review in uh, versus they do it like early. December, so it kind of like screws over a lot of the uh, titles that try to come out in say November because they're going to be, you know, forgot about by the time submissions go in. Um, or it'll be like Forza where it's just a weird limbo where, hey, you made the cutoff, but not really because people have already submitted, um, they, they should start already taking they should have like a, a – like if they're going to give that cutoff date, they shouldn't start accepting the submissions before the cutoff date because <laughs> then you have titles that are like, hey, if you release right now, <laughs> you're not going to be well, eligible.
1: So to, to clear that up, the cutoff date for submissions from the press is I believe two weeks after the cutoff date from the uh, uh, – whatchamacallit it's two weeks after the cutoff date from for the games themselves but they accept the the things early which is a problem but also the two-week gap is the pro is, is another problem because some people just won't have time yeah to it. if they
2: just didn't accept them early then that kind of it because it's like hey i got it. yeah and this make it up yeah like you said hey the i don't know i don't get it's a it's an award show that I don't understand why they they don't need that much ahead of, you know, when, when did Forza come out? Like in October or Uh, September? Forza came out
1: in very early November.
4: Yeah. Before God, I mean,
2: still it's an, it's an award show. They can just announce that people are going to show up or they're not, whatever, or someone's going to accept award on their behalf. So you, you don't really need, um, I guess they make their presentation, but you can just say, okay, here, we got enough patients, you just read what's on the card. There's not like, hey, shoot, now we have to get this person in here and prep it. No, you don't. You just read what's on the card and they pick the word or they don't. But <laughs> like it's, I don't I don't know why they need so much prep time for that, but but they could extend another week if they needed to like, hey, we're not accepting them until like two weeks after and then you have a week to get them in. So you can presumably make them early, whatever, get them in. But... And I did notice like, yeah, Halo didn't even get in there. I mean, I I feel like it just got a lot of bad, there's stuff that people don't like that is missing that they're more pissed about. And then I feel like that's probably why it just didn't, like the, uh, how we were supposed to have Forge by now or co-op by now. But I feel like when I'm looking at them like, was Stray better than uh, Halo Infinite? I highly doubt that. (laughs) Just all the you can do in Halo Infinite. I loading mean, up a whole Warhog with like five or six people with like plasmas and it's it's just a huge playground like i had endless you know fun just playing not with co-op obviously but playing by myself yeah. and versus like is that little cat i don't Honestly, I don't think that game's better than Seafo either. So, to be fair, but, I mean, I've played a I mean,
0: good. could be wrong. I played a good portion of Stray. I played it at a friend's place. <laughs> I I got pretty heavily into it. It's an alright game, honestly. It's 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 a fun. It, it does make you think. There's some interesting puzzles. Like I I actually liked it. But I do I think it should be a Game of the Year nominee? I mean, if this was a normal year that, you know, we had all, you know, the games that were supposed to land, like Starfield and so on, and a whole bunch of others, I mean, yeah. I, I think that other games would take its place, but uh, that being said, I mean, it's an all right game. I just, like, to me personally, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, indie games, like, should be able to be, like, Game of the Year nominees, just like any other AAA game. I just, I don't know personally.
1: one last year.
0: Right, right, no, and exactly. Cause that
1: that it's published by EA, but like it is an independent studio th- through their, uh, through their independent studio publishing program, mm-hmm. EA Originals. Like, I mean, it, yeah. it, it won. Yeah,
3: I'll mm-hmm. just be biased right now. Anything that involves cats and how cute they can be, yeah, that you, give it just Game give of the Year right now. Just
0: give it Game of the yeah. Year.
3: You're <laughs> going wrong
1: right in, now, right they Straight up wins. Right, that. I, I've said.
0: Mm hmm. Now, General Malt- Yeah,
2: I feel like Halo's. Oh, I'll just say that one last thing. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. I feel like with Halo, you no, know, I was just saying, I feel like with just Halo, people just have negative things like, oh, I'm never going to play this because I can only play co op. Like, it just seems crazy to me. But I, if it was just, if they're just grading if they just graded it on what was released, hey, we don't have co op and the multiplayer, you know, free to play. They just graded it on its single player. I feel like it could be at least nominated, but the campaign was dope. I mean, it's the best campaign we've had since three, as far as one with Master Teeth. So. Mm.
0: I would agree with you on that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, General Buddy, I mean, uh, I would love to know your thoughts about the VGA nominations. Uh, do you agree with what all the other guys are saying? Uh, like, what do you have to add here? Uh, what do you think about the categories, game of the year, so on?
4: Okay, well, uh, overall, I think like most Xbox fans, we look forward to the announcements. I think a lot Xbox, uh, they're they're smart. They know the viewership for this is high. So they're going to save a lot of good stuff, uh, for, for the show. So I'm looking forward to those, first and foremost. As for the nominations, eh, they, they mostly make sense. You know, They're all high-budget, uh, high-production games, all pretty quality experiences. Gamers love them. So uh, I think my only exception is Stray, which yeah, people have uh, also t- commented on. I think that's a little suspect. I mean, if we're going to nominate a, uh, a small indie kind of game, I think Grounded is a better pick in my opinion. I think well technically it was early access 2 years ago, but the 1.0 version released this year, it's it's finally that's complete this year.
1: And that's never mattered.
4: By yeah, the way, right? For
1: anyone curious about that? Um, Hades was nominated in hmm. 2020? Question mark. Okay. But it had been in early access before that. So like uh, anyone who says like, but it, it was in early access that that doesn't matter. It's never mattered at the AM awards.
4: Okay, that's good to know. So that 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 makes it even uh, even more suspect to me, because that grounded is a much meatier game. Because I I looked earlier like how long to beat. Uh, Stray takes about five hours on average to beat. Grounded is a lot meatier than that, and it's co-op based. A lot of deep mechanics. A lot of biomes in the in the sandbox area. I feel like that's a much you know, I think it's overall a much better game if we're going to nominate a small, you know, small, smaller kind of dev group kind of game for Game of the Year. But I, that, that's just me. Um, I do think it's over, compared to the other nominations, it does seem like a artsy, token indie nomination. Because I could certainly think of other games that, uh, yeah, again, are also quality games, but are also higher budget that could take its place. I mean, that's you guys said words. it before... I think for all, I think Halo Infinite is certainly a, a, a bigger, a bigger experience and still a quality game. But I think again, uh, for all the uh, for all the lacks at launch and the bad PR, I don't, th- I think it wouldn't have went down well if that, you know, if that was also a nomination. So I mean, I get it. It is what it is. It took Halo up until now to get to where it should have been day one. So I get that. But uh, something else is, that is Forge, it, by the way. Huh? We have to do it next week. Talk about Forge. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I, I, we have it on this
1: show, have we?
4: Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's the whole thing in itself, but obviously yeah, yeah, I mean, getting, yeah. I've seen some things. It looks pretty good from what I I have seen created there. But uh yeah. Um for, also another curious uh, om- omission is was uh Gran Turismo 7 cuz it got a high meta score when it released. It was overall very well received. So I I'm now I'm I'm coming to a, a conclusion here, it's my own opinion that Forza and Gran Turismo were were both equally snubbed because I think in general whoever makes these rev- whoever makes these submissions for game of the year whoever whoever like makes these decisions they just don't count racers in the same regard as other games maybe it's because it's not video gaming enough like there's no like you know f- you know like a, a, prot- a central protagonist or video game fictional characters that you can rally behind it's just a bunch of cars essentially Maybe that's why, but I feel like now it's not, yeah, last year it was basically, it was kind of suspect that Forza Horizon 5 was omitted, but now I'm thinking with Gran Turismo 7 also omitted, I think it's it works both ways. I think now we just have to accept the fact that whoever does these Game of the Year nominations, they do not think car games count compared to a, you know, single player, third person kind of game. You know what I'm trying to say. It's just not video gaming enough. So I mean that's that's food for thought. Like that's something to, something to think about. But otherwise, I think these awards, th- wh- how how these games are chosen, I think they owe us some transparency. Like they don't really tell us the process of it, and also the cutoff date for the nominations. It's oh, I always thought it was so stupid. Like well, why why can't we just do this stuff in like early January or January or end of December? Why does it have to be like? some unknown time in november and it's kind of weird with the dates of any games that kind of release in that window it just doesn't seem fair and it's just silly and every year it it kind of gets these arguments online going for it i just think they gotta make it a little more simple like if you're doing game of the year include december games like callisto protocol in my opinion should be should be a nomination for any awards. Because it comes out in 2022. I, I don't get the stupid cutoff point. But that that's just me. But um, overall though. Obviously I think this isn't Xbox's year. Their big titles were delayed. So obviously we're, we're going to see more of a PlayStation slant. But um, I only see this as um, good news for next year. Because the games that were nominated for PlayStation. They were all meant to be 2021 games. They all got delayed into 2022. And... They were all the better for it. So I think this just bodes well for Xbox next year. When it's 2022 games, will go into 2023. And I think Redfall, Starfield, and I think Forza Motorsports, they'll, they'll be better for that too. So uh, personally, I think Elden Ring should win game of the year. That was my first Souls game. It got me into the franchise. I, I think that's worth considering. If you can get like a really quality game out there that sells... like what 17 million i think was the last official number something like that if they can bring in new people to the ip while maintaining the quality of, of of its of the ip and not having to dumb itself down i think that's like near magical like well what they accomplished there i think that's worth uh worth considering so i do hope elden ring wins but uh i guess we'll see so yeah that's my two cents mm-hmm. no i
0: Totally agree with you there, uh, General. And uh, honestly, some great comments from everybody on the panel here. Uh, I totally forgot about Grounded. Yeah, you're right. Uh, September, uh, like the full version of the game officially released. Yeah, I mean, I would have liked to have seen it uh, nominated for something. But I don't know. Either way, guys, I mean, it is a strong year uh, for uh, PlayStation. And going into next year, I mean, again. Like, Xbox has a lot of titles going for it. And Nintendo, too. And Nintendo has a couple as well. And uh, (laughs) next year is just going to be crazy for gaming overall. But uh, the Game Awards isn't too far away. And, uh, yeah, we only got a couple of weeks to wait for, uh, you know, uh, the winners and, hey, all the announcements from uh, what they have there. Uh, But, uh, yeah, guys, if if you're enjoying the show so far, then please give us a like, and hey, share this out, please do, because we would love to have some more people here in the chat, just uh, listening in and so on. Uh, But hey, on that note, uh, I'm not gonna like, I'm just gonna cut to the chase and go into our next topic because lots to cover here. And hey, you know, I got the gameplay for our next topic uh, right here. Uh, We were gonna talk some pentiment The newly released medieval title from Josh Sawyer's team at Obsidian Games. Uh, A small game that's been getting, well, a lot of attention over the past week. I'm kind of surprised myself, but hey, I've been playing it today and I got some thoughts. I know a few people on the panel have been playing it as well, and I would love to hear their thoughts on it. Uh, General MLD, buddy, uh, why don't you start us off here? I think you've been uh, playing it. I know you were pretty hyped for it. Uh, What are your first impressions of the game?
4: Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm about as of right now, about two thirds of the way done right now. And I think my favorite part of this game is that it just feels so personalized. Um, like my gameplay, will, like my, my playthrough will not be the same as yours or anybody else's. And that's why I think I like the most. Now, it's overall a choice and consequence personalized Western RPG from Obsidian. These, um uh, headed by Josh Sawyer, the guy who oversaw Fall New Vegas. So this is, uh, his passion project. It's his baby and, uh, it shows like now, let me also say it's a very niche game. Not for everybody. Lots of reading, lots of walking takes place in the dark ages in some, uh, uh mountain town in Germany or what is now today, Germany in the early 1500s. So there's a lot of, like, a lot of historical, uh, historical culture there so it may put people off you may get quote unquote bored but i promise you if you like again the allure of the choice and consequence uh personalized kinds of games i think the longer you'll play it the more invested you will become because i think the um, the real appeal is the immersion and the characters like it it takes you back into a simpler time and culture and every individual character, you get to learn about their individual uh, wants and likes and, and, and what motivates them. And they all got something to say. And I think the hook is unique dialogue based on the choices you make uh, early in the game. It's, it's Think of like a Fallout game where like in this game, you choose your upbringing, like where you grew up, your education, uh, your personal traits, you know, what you, what you specialized in or when you were studying. So... It's a murder. You'll get like basically unique dialogue and and just go from that. But it's it's a murder mystery at its core. You talk to people, you gain evidence. So basically, it takes place uh, over a period of time, and the villages the village changes on on what you pick essentially. And also, that's another nice little part. The choice is up to you. So. Uh, there's There's no forensics in this time period. Essentially, you talk to people, you gain evidence, you gain perspective, and in the end, you get to pick who you think the murderer is. And you could be completely biased if you so choose. You can go with your gut feeling, who you think is the real killer. And by the way, guys, the game does not tell you who the real killer is. I guess you gotta look up on the internet to find out. But in the game itself, you will not know if your choice was correct or not. You gotta make your own gut choice or. You can go with just someone you simply don't like. Or someone you think just deserves to die. I don't know, but it's your call. And I think that's one of the, the real allures of the game. So without spoiling anything, um, I, I, I'm just trying to like sing his praises because um, it should be played by as many people as possible. Despite its niche nature. I know it looks like a budget title because it is. It's only made by 15 people and the art style is very unique. It's like based on the art style of the time period. So there's mm-hmm. that. So I think it's a it's a good thing because we just don't see simply see games like that that look like that. So I highly recommend it if you're into Western RPGs, if you like Obsidian's work, I would definitely recommend this game and try at least put an hour into it. Don't just judge it on the first five minutes. L- let it play out a little bit for you, and I think you'll I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. So I'm I'm looking forward to being in this game. Definitely within the next week, I should be able to you know tell you guys my my, my overall final impressions so yeah can't, i can't recommend it enough if you like a choice based choice based more personalized kind of game
0: mm-hmm. now i've spent some time with it uh not as much as you've only got a couple hours into it uh you're <laughs> very far into it mld i would say i mean it is a very interesting concept i mean there's I mean, in some ways, there's not a lot to it. But then, as you said, with the um, just with the RPG mechanics and so on, there is a lot of personalization that you can do with it that I appreciate wholeheartedly. Like you said, you get to choose like, um, like what education, upbringing. Like, there's a whole like slew of things, and even the small choices that you make have um, a lot like they matter, right? Going forward. Because I noticed that even when, like, my interactions, like, when I chose, like, for example, where I was studying and so on, it came up a lot more uh, in the conversations I was having. Uh, You get different dialogue choices and so on. Um, I like the art style. I think, uh, like you were saying, MLD, uh, it plays on, again, those old manuscripts and texts from, like, the 14th century, I mean, I, for myself, I mean, I love the classics, and uh, I, I just really dig it. I really dig it. It's really cool. Um, going a little further, the audio is also very interesting. Um, it's very subtle. It's a very quiet game. Uh, personally, I would have liked to have seen a little more, I don't know, music, I guess you could say. I guess maybe that's just what we're used to, seeing like heavily orchestrated games and so on, but uh it's you know it's a very interesting that way too you can even hear like when the texts the the text bubbles are appearing the various uh the uh the scribbles going which i I appreciate too i i appreciate um but the fact that this was made by about 15 16 uh people is uh very really really impressive really impressive um and it seems to be getting a lot of praise, a lot of praise. I was actually surprised over the past week when I was seeing uh, the reviews come out. And there was all like all kinds of different people, just uh, journalists, uh, praising the game. I wasn't expecting that, to be honest, especially uh, right on the heels of uh, God of War. So this just kind of came out of nowhere. So, I'm, I mean, I'm glad to see the game doing well. I just wasn't expecting uh, all the fanfare as of late. Uh, did anyone else on the panel get a chance to try out Pentamin and give it a play? Uh, Centurion? No?
3: Yo, what's up? Sorry, there was somebody that came by the front door.
0: Oh no, I was just curious if you had a chance to check out Pentamint or not?
3: Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I definitely need to check it out. Um, I will definitely say it is not a game that makes me want to run to Game Pass and play it, but the fact that it is in Game Pass, I am going to, you know, that's the beauty of Game Pass. There's no other initial output that I have to do other than my fee for Game Pass, and I'm going to check it out. Um, I know a lot of people have given this game a lot of, you know, disses, they've made fun of it. Oh, Sony comes out with God of War, Ragnarok, and here comes Xbox with Pentiment. But that being said, we need to look like I like uh, what one show said. And, um, you know, let's let's be like, let's be honest about this. A lot of game developers today grew up in a different generation. We're talking like, you know, 80s, 90s. With things like Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop style games, and I I forget who said it, but one inter uh, I mean interviewer, one review I was listening to, um, they were talking about how the game uh, felt uh, like you know like it was like a video game version of like a tabletop game, making decisions, the decisions can have outcomes, um, and that's where like. It, a game does not need to be full of graphics, doesn't need to have a triple-A budget. Um, it, it All you really have to have is a game. I mean, uh, look at Vampire Survivor. Apparently the new crack cocaine for Game Pass is Vampire Survivor, and this game looks nothing like a triple-A uh, style game. Um, and it shows that it doesn't have to have graphics, doesn't have to have name actors as long as it's a game and it's a system that people enjoy you have a game and you'll have fanfare for it um and i'm not gonna knock pentiment for being a game that doesn't exactly interest me you know like i invader knows i sat through and i did a whole freaking marathon doing Ah, uh, the Sherlock Holmes game. Sherlock, uh, <laughs> Sh- the Sherlock Holmes games. Oh my God, tongue Sherlock Holmes? Herlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> blah blah blah. I know. Sherlock. We all know I suck with names. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes games. Um, you know, started with um, Crimes and Punishment, Devil's Daughter, finally capped off with doing uh, Sherlock Holmes Chapter One uh Frogware is actually getting ready to remaster another one which I'm going to check out um and like so that's what I mean I can dabble in games that are not mainstream um if for me though Pentiment I need to check it out I'm not going to knock it but I also want to say though this is something that when you look at the developer of the game over at Obsidian I forget his name he he was actually one of the developers. I think he was actually one of the guys in charge of doing Fallout New Vegas. Josh Sawyer.
1: Josh Sawyer,
3: that's yeah. correct.
1: Yeah.
3: And and he made a comment of like there's a problem with working with a triple A uh branded game. You don't have a whole lot of freedom. You gotta create a game that functions and flow like he used fallout as an example he needed to create a fallout game that stayed true to the lore and it functioned and flowed how it should as a fallout game so there's there's barriers and restrictions to working with that he felt with pentiment there was a lot of freedom that he had on getting this game out to the fans and that they were able to put a lot more heart and soul into it because they just had all this creative freedom that they didn't have over on Fallout because they had to make a Fallout game. They just couldn't go completely buck wild and do whatever the hell they wanted. And, you know, that's where I look at, you know, these developers, like we take video games for granted right now because I'm going to be upfront. I was born in 86. There has always been access to me with a controller since I was old enough to understand how to play a damn video game some of these developers didn't have that. They didn't have access to all these video games that we're used to nowadays. Like, I mean, we can't, they weren't able to pull their cell phone out of their pocket and call somebody, let alone play a game on it. Um, and you know, they're basically taking concepts that they learned from games that they played in back in those days, the big ones were, like I said, dungeons and dragons, which were a tabletop game. And it was turn-based strategy, um and you literally had to get a group of friends together to create these big big adventures together and i really do that's they're putting some of that love for the games that they grew up on in these newer games that create concepts like pentiment and that's why i'm never going to diss it because it just because it's not something that made me go running to my game pass subscription to download it It's still a game. There's still love, heart, and soul there. And at the end of the day, let's face it, it's done by Obsidian. There's polish there. There's quality there. Um, I mean, it's not like it was just some random glitchy piece of trash. It was literally a polished game. So, again, I need to check it out. Um, I haven't played it, but I'm also not going to be one of these ones that sits there and tears down Microsoft like, ah, oh, pentiment, this is what you gave me while they've got God of War over there. No, this is, this is what makes Microsoft, uh, Xbox, a very different kind of gaming company. Sony wants big budget, blockbuster hits, cinematic experiences, Michael Bay-esque production. Xbox is over here giving creative freedom make a game do whatever the hell makes you excited to make a game and let's just give it out to the masses because there's a lot more flexibility over at Microsoft when it comes to the freedom that the developers have on being able to create whatever they have passion for Mm -hmm. no and I agree with you on that I mean we'll see if I stick with pentiment like I
0: like I see good in it and then but I'm also getting a little tired personally but we'll see I'll still stick with it for now
3: at least, again, ACG. At least over there with him, when I listened to his review on it, he said that game was like a slow burn for him for the first couple of hours, mm. and it started really ramping up like hour three or four, and he really wished that that the that the game had got a lot more had got a lot more of that earlier in the game.
0: Well, so far I would agree, but uh, again, I I'm still kind of early on too. Now you brought up Josh Sawyer, which is interesting because he had a recent inter- interview as well, and he talked about Fallout and what he'd like to do next with it. Uh, I don't know. Oh, just that got you're... me excited. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that uh, Xbox would, uh, g- like, greenlit, like, a Fallout New Vegas 2? Like, because he went on to talk about, like, some ideas that he had. Like, I don't know if they were hints or what, but he talked about, you know, oh, you know, I've thought about a New Orleans setting, California, Midwest, like,
3: I don't that- know those were all settings that they touched on in in new vegas i don't know if you played the the uh the uh the dlc for new vegas i i played that game up and down left right i mean i literally was every square inch of that game um and yeah the like let's really so for starters one faction the ncr the new california republic you could easily have a fallout game take place in california because basically that was The government that was left over that survived in California came together and formed the new California Republic. And if you really get into Fallout New Vegas, they were actually at odds with the Brotherhood of Steel, Um, where the Brotherhood of Steel just basically they you know hey we're ex-military we're ruthless we don't believe anybody should have access to technology, and that's where they didn't like the fact that the NCR had access to technology. And the NCR wanted to help people where the Brotherhood of Steel just wanted to hide in their bunkers and do whatever it was that made the Brotherhood of Steel, you know, the things that they did on how they just basically lived their lives. Um, but then another DLC uh, you went to, I think it was like Utah, um, where you explored uh, the mountain ranges and stuff up there and you learned about how people survived in Utah and they even... I think, as a matter of fact, there was even a DLC where they went and explored. I think actually somewhere down. I don't think it was bought. Crusader, you might have to correct me if I'm wrong because um, I I know it had something to do with New Orleans, did it not? Or was it Mississippi? Is, I I thought there was
1: one in Reno. I I
3: didn't. I don't. I don't. There was, no. There was in, one in Reno. There was one in Reno, but there was another one where you like went and um oh my god i don't remember it's been a long time i'll be honest i don't
0: know guys i didn't play the game but i just heard it was like yeah
3: (laughs) it was like i'm not maybe i don't want to get confused with wasteland either but in it was like the sons of adam or something like that where it was fallout 4
0: that was four yeah
3: okay yeah okay so fallout 4 was the one that explored a little bit of that particular region so okay you're right that was where they had like the boston or in the mississippi uh like basically delve into that because i remember you had to like go find one of the submarines that were out in the ocean um and you also had uh some cult there where that were literally worshiping some radioactive thing um and that's where i mean like there's always been these hints to fallout and i think it'd be awesome to re-explore fallout new vegas Uh, because dude, I mean, I just, I'm going to be upfront. Um, I loved um, what's his name? Oh my gosh. Frank Sinatra. That's his name. I loved how in fallout, new Vegas, you had like these Frank Sinatra style characters. It, it, It was, it was literally a wasteland futuristic version of Las Vegas that gave you these old school Vegas vibes. And I mean, like, dude, Fallout New Vegas has a special place in my heart, and it would be really cool to re-explore that area of the world in that particular situation. Not to ramble.
0: All right. All right. Uh, Very interesting ideas there. Anybody else on the panel have uh, any thoughts on Josh Sawyer's uh, comments regarding uh, possible Fallout uh, next locations? I mean, New Orleans, I think, would be pretty cool, personally. But then again, I'm not against uh, anything that he suggested, like, again, more of the Midwest and so on. I don't know. I think there's lots of possibilities there. Um, I don't know. MLD, were you a Fallout uh, New Vegas guy? How about you, Shock? Fallout New Vegas guy at all?
2: Uh, Sure. I mean, I never played it. I played Fallout 3 and 4, but... From what I hear, it's pretty dope. So I'd be up for a sequel or remake, or. But yeah, right. but I, I purchased it. I just hadn't <laughs> jumped back into that 360 title.
0: Mhm.
3: All right. All right. See, um, somebody just corrected me in the chat, and I'm glad he did. Uh, Fallout was never uh, David Weinholt. Fallout was never in New Orleans or Mississippi regions. Fallout 4 was the Boston area, northeast of USA. There we go. Sorry, I just remember. Well. The only reason why I bring that up is because when you were there in some of the stuff you would read, because Fallout is also one of those games, just like it, it's something that uh, that, um, uh, that Bethesda is known for where the books and all the notes that you find. And there was like hints in that particular DLC that they really wanted something to go down in New Orleans, um, in the New Orleans or Mississippi area, and it never made it there.
0: Hmm. All right good to know good to know uh guys any other comments on uh well josh sawyer's uh comments before we uh, move on all right all right guys we will uh move on to uh some other things then but uh guys in the chat hey again great having you here and if you're enjoying our conversation please slam slam the like button and uh hey sub to the channel if you're new here because uh, we would love for you to stick around of course um, but yeah, why don't we uh, round out the night talking about some stuff that Phil Spencer has been saying as he's been making the media rounds as of late? Uh, this past week, he talked with The Verge, going into matters uh, such as the importance of uh, Candy Crush going forward for Xbox, assurances for Call of Duty, and games shipping too early. How he wants to uh, really get away from that uh now shockley bud uh, i'll go over to you first on this topic uh phil spencer touched on a number of things in this interview but i found his comments uh for example on microsoft shipping games too early to be kind of interesting uh judging from his commentary do you think that they've learned from their past experiences uh like something like again for example that's more recent halo infinite that comes to mind uh, what's your thoughts on this
2: Yeah, I mean, with that, like, launching games too early, I I mean, I think that was more um, out of necessity. Um, Like, beforehand, they just didn't really have much of a choice. It's either, you know, they pretty much, at a certain point, they do have to release something. And that's what I think the issue was with uh, Halo Infinite, even though they, you know, did give it a whole nother, which, you know, kudos to them. They at least delayed it a year to at least polish what they could. Um, mm-hmm. but unfortunately when you have so many people like s- switching out, uh, you know, from the, cause you know, if you lose somebody, people like want to just, you know, lose their minds and think everything's just going to be shit. But it all just depends on like when Joseph Staten comes in, sure, there's no need to panic, but if you also have nothing else and you have to rely on that game and you can't like, Hey, Hey. We'll push it out because we have all these other titles coming out. So we can we can eat this one and just, like, push it out because we have Starfield dropping or whatever. Um, then that would give them maybe some leeway to not release it. But they couldn't just, like, not... They already didn't really release anything in, like, 2020. And then would have only had, like, Forza for last year if Halo didn't drop. Um, so if they had some other titles dropping in there, you know from the studios they purchased that would be, be able to help them. But, uh, I think they've learned their lessons. Just people expect, you know, the purchases they made in 2018 to just be like, okay, cool. You're going to be like, we owned you for the past decade and you just released a game. So you're going to hit the ground running for these next four or five years. You're going to easily release a game. And I mean, a lot of them were taking the money and investing or making their offices bigger. Um, you know, recruiting more people, beefing up for newer projects, or we're finally transitioning from, hey, we're not just this uh help studio and we sometimes do, you know, smaller or trip double A titles once in a while when we get a chance, like they can actually transition, actually make projects of their own and not just be support studios to keep the lights on. Um so going forward, especially if this Activision deal goes through, they would have already have the bethesda studios that have already been working on their project so they're going to have those titles drop next year um and then the, t- the 2018 studios that they bought obviously those games are going to be coming here we've seen gameplay already from hellblade so you know if starfield and uh was it nightfall or what's the vampire game redfall <laughs> i want to okay cool i thought i thought that was it but then i was thinking destiny now when i say nightfall um but uh those games coming out then then you know they'll probably have some of those 2018 studios start dropping the year after hopefully we see like about soon or hellblade one of the two for say you know the following year um so i think they've set themselves up perfectly to hey we're not going to be out of necessity we're not going to have to like Force us to release a Halo, you know, a Forza game, you know, another Horizon Forza game within two years of the last one. We're basically releasing a Forza game every year. Forza, you know, Motorsport and then Forza Horizon. You're on and you're off. Um, so that's valid criticism that they've obviously had in the past, but now they actually have the, you know, studios they should have had in place, you know, a decade ago. Um, and not just now. Um, you know, should have done this in, like, the mid-2000s when they had their foot on Sony's neck, but they didn't. Um, so I think they're, obviously, they've addressed the issue. It's just, unfortunately, time is going to have to be a player there and people don't want to wait, so it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, as far as, like, the whole, like, Call of Duty stuff, I, I again, he couldn't be even more clear than he was here. Like you said, as long as there's a you know, PlayStation to basically like play it on, like, as long as, you know, they, you know, people are still buying it, I guess. Um, it's going to be there. So, um, I I don't think there's any question the deal is going to go through. It's just what concessions or what like things in writing they're going to have to like commit to of like, Hey, we have to actually put it in writing indefinitely call of duty or I don't know one of those things, but, um, I was trying to think if I missed anything else that he said other than uh, Candy the whole Crush, Call of Duty. Oh yeah, Candy Crush, and that was that's also their good argument and play for making sure this deal does go through of like hey, we're you know a, a smaller player in that realm, and I think um, uh, what was that article? Yeah, it was that uh I don't know if it was Decoder or if it was no it was um, Video Game Chronicle I think it was they had that headline where it says uh, and from this interview that um, Phil says uh, Xbox is, you know, is going to have a decline or whatever if they're not, um, you know, jumping over to uh, like mobile, like without mobile, they're going to suffer or whatever. But he never even said specifically Xbox. He said all of us, like mentioning Sony, like everybody, if we're not, you know, trying to get a piece of that pie in mobile you're going to be falling behind because that's growing exponentially bigger and bigger and the console space is just kind of growth wise is just kind of staying flatline. like you can might get a bigger piece of that group but that group's not getting bigger itself so all you can do is maybe dominate the console space <laughs> that's already there but there's not a big growth of new players coming into that space um, for you to, you know, gain even more market share. But that, that's just another thing with like media where they can just flip. If you just read the headline and not the actual (laughs) quote in the article, he never even says the word Xbox, but then the headline, they say, Oh, X, you know, he's saying they need mobile to otherwise Xbox isn't, you know, in the long run going to be in a good spot. Um, So I thought that was funny from the, uh, that candy crush part but that's a good argument for them to like set in there like hey we need this because we need king to be marketable and be a player in the gaming market if they can you know point that to the eu and these other uh, people regulators looking at it we need this because in the long run the pie is way bigger than just this small probably the small lens that you're looking at as far as like between Sony, Nintendo, and Xbox. It's much bigger than that. So, but yeah, that's that's far, that was far as my two cents on the his article and his other one with the from VGC. But
0: all right, all right. I mean, some fair points there. uh yeah, I mean, lots of arguments going uh, for- forward with, um, like, Candy Crush for the uh, Activision Blizzard deal and so on. Uh, General MLD, I mean, I would love your thoughts on this because, again, Phil went on to talk about... He touched on quite a few things. Uh, what, what what do you think about his commentary? I mean, he talked about, uh, obviously, Candy Crush being a big part of the Activision Blizzard deal. Um, he t- Well, he touched on quite a few things. Obviously, Call of Duty... Games shipping early. I mean, what's your take on what he said? Hmm. I think MLD's away at the moment. Uh, Crusader, I mean, I'll hit you up next. I don't know if you caught what I said, but uh, like, honestly, what do you think of, uh, like, Phil's comments in the latest interview? Uh, Do you think, like, uh, do you agree with what he said about uh, Candy Crush and, uh, like, all the other stuff that he said?
1: Uh, so I'm happy that the Call of Duty argument is over. It, it has to be. It has to be right. It has to be over. We don't have to talk about it anymore. It's objectively going to be everywhere. Yeah, Maybe right. Um, I don't think oh. he can say it any clearer than it's not. Oh yeah. A real wait. MLD. I'm just going to put it there. Oh, Sorry, wait, you then? guys hear
4: me, all right? Yeah, I'll, I can hear wait, I'll, I'll wait it. my get turn. But uh, keep going. You yeah, Go ahead. Yeah. Continue, me. continue. 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 Okay. You're a star. Don't worry.
1: I, I'm. So happy that the Call of Duty argument should be dead and over, and that looking forward, if the game is going to be a big, big success, right? Like, if it's going to be a huge, like, everyone's going to play it marketplace, it's probably going to be like Call of Duty, right? If they buy it, you know, what, what have you. Happy that's over. Well, I I found the Candy Crush stuff very interesting, because they've been pretty adamant about um, uh, really wanting to get into the mobile space, and it's been rumored that they want to open their own mobile storefront as a competitor to um, both Google and uh, Apple, and that would actually give them a lot of leeway in, in Europe, because the the, especially the European Union, really wants to uh, um, force, like, open app stores on on mobile phones. So if, like, a large competitor could actually enter that space, that would be really big. Um, and Microsoft would have the backing. They'd have, like, they'd have the ability to get it off the ground instantly, and they could, they could do it. So that's a really big, uh, like, throw in their favor, so to speak. Uh, at least in my opinion, uh, it is. Um, uh, so that that was that was super interesting. Um, uh, it, it was a very good interview. I recommend everyone either give it a listen or 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 uh, or read. Um, he does talk about uh, like the C uh, the what like the CEO of gaming title meant um, that like there was no plans. He just walked in the office one day and Satya told him he was the – they're calling it the, the the CEO of Microsoft Gaming. And he does, like, go into saying that, like, that is to differentiate it from – like, Xbox is a portion of that, but that's to differentiate Xbox from, like, the mobile ventures and things like that. That, like, it's all under Microsoft Gaming. It's all one unit. And it's all going to be handled a- as almost Independent from Microsoft itself, like it'll still be under Microsoft's budgeting and everything like that, right? Like, but it's it's like LinkedIn, where they will be like holistically self managed, and like the only thing that they really have to go to, that they have to argue for their budget with, um, the the overarching Microsoft. And like, if they want to make a large scale acquisition that's outside of their purview, like acquisition uh, like Activision Blizzard, mm-hmm. it is uh, they'd have to go through, um, the overarching uh Microsoft. But like th- they are independent and could be theoretically spun off as semi independent, which like they wouldn't be like their own company, but like they'd have their own stock value, but like the majority of the s- the majority shareholder would be Microsoft as a company, and so like they 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 talked about like the the potential business future of Microsoft, which is really interesting to me um, uh and and it really goes to show that um he he was talking about how like Satya really takes gaming seriously at the. Within the organization, um, which is like, that, that's not something that was always the case. Everyone should probably recognize that just by looking at, at, at how they were run for years, because they're part of Windows. Um, but overall, I, I, I thought the interview was great. Um, I'm, I'm really excited that uh, the Call of Duty conversation should be over. Because um, I'm tired of talking about it. Um, <laughs> it's gonna come to Switch it's gonna get it's gonna be everywhere everyone should be happy it's call of duty yeah it's gonna okay. be
0: on switch is gonna, gonna be everywhere. on switch is gonna be um, one of those games that um you you buy the uh, uh so you buy the game you open up uh the thing and there's nothing there it's just it's gonna be one of those yeah. uh, cloud based
1: games yeah it's, it, it'll be a cloud game on the, on the switch for sure um but like you know, he 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 really hammered it in that, like, hey, it literally would be fiscally irresponsible for us for a game of this size with the marketplace that it with the 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 marketplace that it has, the 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 interconnected shared, um, uh, like like I should say, yes, he 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 explicitly stated over and over again that there is a huge like. Uh, profitability section to it. Not that it couldn't be profitable alone on Xbox, but like it's massively more profitable if it's everywhere else, right? Like, there's a ratio. But even more so than that, that it was like with that franchise, that it's like literally the right thing to do with the franchise. And he said, he said that they, that's the exact same reasoning that they had with Minecraft. And finally, we have confirmation. I, well, I, 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 was trying, I knew there was something from this interview I wanted to talk about. We have confirmation that there is no contract with Minecraft right, yeah. to be multi platform. There's no there's no written words anywhere that says Minecraft has to be multi-platform, but they make it multi-platform because one, it's financially the right thing to do for the franchise. Like like, it would be financially irresponsible not to put it everywhere, right? Because of how popular. Yeah. Well,
0: it is. Well, I remember six like, months after they bought it, they ba- they made up their money.
1: Yes. Like, so it's it's a gold uh, mine. and and it's it's not like they they knew from day one that that game like they've known from day one that call of duty was going to be multi-platform right but they knew from day one that minecraft was going to be a multi-platform they said as much in the, the acquisition agreement it was probably that was probably a term of the acquisition agreement with moyang that they they wanted to they didn't want anyone to freak out and they wanted people to know that it was still going to be everywhere like not that not that there was a contractual agreement that it had to be everywhere but like probably that like hey you we know that you you've told us that this is going to be your plan moving forward can you can you tell everyone? Can that be a, a term of the thing? So that we don't have... So, like, the the poor community managers and shit don't have to deal with uh, people complaining. And, I, like, Phil was on it day one with Call of Duty. Or not day one. It was, like, day three on Twitter was, like... He, he said something vague, but it was... Everyone with a brain took it as, okay, Call of Duty is going to be everywhere, right? Um, and it's very cool to know that they do look at these things and think about what's best to do with them, right? And that's why I, I harkened back to the... Remember way back when with Bethesda and Phil said that, like, it was going to be a case-by-case basis? Right, yeah. I truly believe he meant that. That, like, the majority of cases, yeah, they're going to be... Uh, it's, it's, like, almost always going to be exclusive, right? But, like, maybe there are some games where, like, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Maybe there maybe there are some things where it would make sense. So we're not just going to say, yeah, everything's going to be exclusive because it, it, it doesn't make sense to to lock ourselves into that because maybe they do have some kind of runaway success MMO with, with ZenMax Online. And, like, maybe it does launch as an exclusive to start, but, like, look at how popular it's become in, in the in – and, yeah, we want it on, like, literally every other device because, like, profitability-wise, it makes so much more sense. And getting people to play together, because, like, he, he, he stated that, like, he doesn't want this situation where, like, with games that you are meant to play together, that he doesn't want the device to determine that, right? Um, he, he said that in an interview with Bloomberg, I believe, a few months back. Uh, it was, I think it's translated by VGC. I think you can see the VGC version of it because Bloomberg has a paywall. But he he said that, like, he was saying that like, he expects less console exclusives, but he explicitly states like like if you read it his, his words are multiplayer games um and you know maybe he maybe he does feel like oh you know maybe maybe we do launch this game as an exclusive but like oh my god it takes off and it's everywhere and like maybe it makes more sense then to take it and put it other places because that would be the best thing to do with that franchise and for for players because more players playing together no, no barriers and I, 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 the more he speaks, the more I believe that, like, he's like, when I want to make less barriers for people to play together, I mean it. You know what I mean? But, like, Starfield, Starfield, you don't play together. Not gonna, not gonna go anywhere else. That makes sense, right? It, 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 for the same fiscal reason, like, it makes more sense to to grow everything else with it. So, like, uh, it's very insightful to, to, like, take all of these, like, interviews that they've said, like, like that, they, that they've had, and kind of, like, put them all together, and, look at them together and, and get a picture of like what goes on in his mind and it's it's it, he's not as corporate as most people, right? Like you, you can tell he's he's a gamer like us. Um and he just wants he just wants people to play video games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a great interview.
0: Yeah, I know some wonderful timbits there for sure, Crusader. a uh, general MLD, would you like
4: to chime in? Oh yeah, sure. Um for one, I think we're, we're all lucky that you know we have a very, very transparent uh, executive here in Phil Spencer. He's very upfront and honest about about, about these things. It shows that he's listening to us. Um, for one, um, let's see, game shipping too early, like yeah, he, he hit around right the head. It shows that they, he's listening. They're learning their lessons. It, uh, I mean, they delayed Halo Infinite, but they should have delayed it even more so, and shouldn't shouldn't have given in to uh, you know certain demands or you know holiday periods. Just release the game when it's ready, and yeah, it's good that they learned that. And I think games like Redfall and Starfield they will definitely benefit from it because if these games launch, uh, polished and yeah, like pretty much how they should be, especially Starfield, I think it's gonna send ripples throughout the industry. It's really gonna like make a real make a real statement that you know with Xbox, they you know they're finally like you know they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. So it's good that they're doing that uh call of duty um <laughs> uh, as the, as these guys say here said it's uh finally it's nice that he could not have made it more clear there's nothing to, nothing to deconstruct there's no there's no nuance here he said it will be multi-platform there's no game pass uh or x cloud kind of condition it will be on playstation natively and like I, we all, all Xbox fans i think most of us we accepted this a long time ago we, we see the right on the wall it's win-win this way treat this game like Minecraft and bring in those hundreds of millions of dollars every release and use that money reinvest it back into Xbox into the ecosystem. So we continue. so we will continue to get more day one games more time exclusives PlayStation gamers will essentially fund our subscription and help it grow. So, I like to think of it, uh, Call of Duty, on PlayStation, as a Trojan horse. Like, it will dominate their charts more than more than their own first-party games. And in the end, we will benefit from, from it because of that reinvested money into the Xbox ecosystem. So, I can't complain about that. Uh, so, Call of Duty is just too big. Let the other games be exclusive. Like, if there's a next, another Crash Bandicoot, uh, another uh, uh, Tony Hawk, Spyro, whatever... Those games should be exclusive, which is good. I mean, if you're going to spend this much money, you got to get some exclusives out of the deal. But for one uh, IP to be multi-platform, I mean, uh, Call of Duty, uh, I'm perfectly fine with that. The real price is us getting those games on Game Pass. So while they'll be paying $70, I'll be paying $15 a month and play the exact same game. So it's it's win-win. They get their game. It's not taken away. And we get the same game, but for less money. but uh, yeah, candy crush? now, th- that's actually a pretty significant point. A lot of us core gamers, we hear this game, and we just like, well, we scoff, wave our hands, like, come on guys, well, why are we talking about this? It's, it's mobile games, it's casual stuff like th- this this isn't our thing. I like to I like to think of this as a bigger market that, if Xbox does well, if they really cement themselves in it. Again, like Call of Duty Beyond PlayStation, that is money that can be used to sustain Xbox as a whole and sustain the parts of Xbox that we do like. Again, taking that, that Candy Crush mobile money, again, Call of Duty Mobile, that's a thing too. Activision Blizzard, they also have Hearthstone, that's still pretty popular. They got plenty of mobile games that generate a lot of yearly income. So Xbox doesn't have to start fresh like PlayStation is, like they bought like one mobile developer. The Xbox can hit the ground running and instantly rake in billions of dollars in mobile money every year and grow if they plan to make more than that. And again, that will grow Game Pass, that will grow Xbox, and we'll get more timed exclusives. We will get more day one games. That's how I see it. You have to keep your eye on the price. I'm not going to play Candy Crush. but That's not the point. The point is, everyone who does that money will benefit me in the end somehow. And if they somehow somehow integrate these games into Game Pass, or you have to have an Xbox account to do so, we're all part of the Xbox ecosystem, and everything helps each other out. We're all one, we're all one big family here. And in the end, that that's how I see it. And you, and Phil Spencer's right. the The console market it is pretty flat year over year. Approximately every generation, you got maybe only 200 million consoles sold every every six or so years. And PC is also relatively flat. Mobile gaming it seems to be the only place that has room to grow. I think also cloud has a lot a lot of potential too, as internet connections uh, g- grow more stable and stronger overall over the years. And I think that's where uh, Keystone will come in. That rumored XCloud box. I feel like once they can Xbox can get a good price down like a good like solid 100 to 130 dollar launch price with a controller included x cloud will boom in countries with low console adoption but high mobile usage like say like i don't know japan or south korea things like that the bigger game pass grows the bigger xbox grows we all win so that's my overall point and yeah xbox they're playing four-dimensional chess right now they're thinking beyond the box uh, it's not just about consoles anymore, but that's a good thing. Xbox is now going to dominate in PC, mobile, because people like to compare. In the end, we're all, we're all still, many of us are still very tribal people. We all, we all like to compare Xbox versus PlayStation versus Nintendo. Mostly Xbox versus PlayStation. But now, but that was usually only confined to the console space. Pretty soon, we'll be comparing Xbox and PlayStation in their PC efforts in their mobile efforts, in their cloud efforts. And Xbox will be beating them in every single category except for console. But even then, console, they're going to catch up. Slowly but surely, they're going to chip away that market share. They're going to chip away at that market lead because of the sheer amount of developers and publishers that are that are under their wing. The amount of games that Xbox is going to release every year going from 2023 and onward is going to be staggering. It's like, this will be the last dry period 2022 the xbox will ever see and I, I firmly believe that there's just simply two many developers now under xbox's wing so while every every other market is going to grow for xbox console will grow slowly but surely and uh yeah it's very exciting times ahead i cannot wait for 2023
0: mm-hmm. no wholeheartedly agree with you pal uh centurion would you like to uh chime in here
3: uh, I don't know what exactly I can add to the conversation that hasn't already been said. I mean, I'm fully in agreement with everybody here. Um, you know, uh, MLD kind of hit the nail on the head, you know, we're I've been saying since day one, that this announcement came out, that call of duty was going to stay multi-plat. Um, and it just made financial sense. Um, like he said, it's going to fund other bigger and better projects that were, that's going to make. Ah, uh, the Xbox brand very influential going into the future. Um, I, and I also have to agree with uh, Crusader. I am so sick and tired of hearing the words "Call of Duty" put in the same conversation <laughs> with micro like Microsoft, Activision, Blizzard. Um, and at least the one thing for me that I loved in this interview, outside of I mean, to be honest, I love how Phil Spencer interviews. He he, chidefully messes around with the the person doing the interview. He always has a sense of humor. He's always smiling. Um, you could tell that, you know, in the interview he said he's he's still a software kind of guy. I'm a software kind of guy. Um, he um, he's not your typical CEO, and that you you see that in the interviews. He does feel like he's um one of us almost. And uh, you could just see he's tired of talking about this whole situation with Call of Duty. I'm, I mean, like, if I knew the guy and I was part of the PR team that he had to talk to before he went out and did interviews, I'd I'd be the guy to be like, all right, who wants to put uh, some money in a pool on how many times somebody's gonna want to talk about Call of Duty? Um, <laughs> um, he, I like how in the interview he brought up though that King actually makes more money. Than Activision and Blizzard put together. That was kind of like a holy freaking cow. That was like, hey, can we please stop talking about Call of Duty because it really does not make the kind of money we're looking for? Now, so King, he
1: did have to amend that statement, by the way.
3: What do you mean? They don't to,
1: technically make more money, they make more in profit.
3: with Their revenue- margins
1: are better than the other two combined. Revenue wise, Call of uh, Activision actually makes the most.
3: See for Straight me, revenue, that's that's where yeah. for me because I act what I do for a living. I've had people try to like I have literally had to challenge the owners of the business I work for because they're like, "Oh, we just made five thousand dollars." Yeah, but there's only a twenty percent profit margin on that product, so you actually only yeah. made twenty percent. Um, meanwhile, in over de- in other departments, profit margins are about a hundred, hundred and fifty percent. Because they would always try to tell me like, oh, th- this department is where the money is at. No, it's not. The money's in that department because it has a higher profit margin. Um, and at least like when we, like you said, when we're talking profit margins, King makes a lot it's, of money. Yes. An obscene I mean, amount of money. And that's the funny part that I like, what is, we have been told since day one, work smarter, not harder. If you can make an ass ton of money, with very little in with very little output and you get a lot of input of a lot of money then the job is done you work smarter and not harder why why you know it's that whole concept of like why go hand dig a hole when you've got the auger machine sitting right there they'll do it in no time um and that's where it's that whole concept and that and i mean it kind of made me chuckle at him making that comment because he's really wanting to take the focus off of Call of Duty, because apparently Call of Duty is the universe's gift to gaming, God's gift to gaming, whoever you want to put it on there. It's the best thing since sliced bread. Gaming could not exist without Call of Duty. (laughs) And he's really trying to be like, yo, um, technically King makes more profit than Call of Duty does. Um, And that's where it's just... It made me chuckle reading that whole statement. But the funny part is when I'm reading that, I had no idea that King was doing that much. I had no idea that there was that many people playing freaking Candy Crush. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like what can I add to the conversation other than this is going to, like what General MLD said, this is going to be a great time going forward. Um, I really hope they get this deal across the finish line. Um, and as we can all see that all the boo-hooing and him-hawing about freaking what's going to happen about Call of Duty and where the hell you're going to be able to play it has been for nothing. This whole time I've been saying the same thing. It's not going anywhere. And I'm hoping that now that if Phil Spencer has just showed this annoyance that every interview he has to do involves having a conversation about freaking Call of Duty... I'm hoping that maybe we can move on from that now and talk about other things. Like, I mean, what happens if they do get my? I mean, Activision Blizzard. What are they working on that we don't know? What are their plans for some of these great titles that Activision Blizzard has been known for that they're completely destroying, like Overwatch Two? Um, like, w- let's talk about other crap than freaking Call of Duty.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't. No. Hey, I agree with you. Um, You know, we should be able to move on, (laughs) I hope, at some point. Um, I've got
3: a good friend of mine that's, like, his freaking feelings are riding high on on Diablo 4. I hope to God they don't F that up.
0: (laughs) Well, I guess we'll find out soon. I mean, isn't it supposed to be coming out at least the first half of next year, if I'm not mistaken?
1: Yeah. Uh, Jazz Corden recently reported April really
4: so no day one technically if we can't get the deal approved by then
1: so um correct however the the date that it's pushed to as the end date is only the end date if they determine it has to go that long likely it was pushed back by the way because of that whole kerfuffle on twitter um if if you had to ask my guess because they'll, the, likely they're adding two weeks for some kind of review of like what the fuck just happened. Hmm.
3: What happened on Twitter? Um, or did I miss something? No, am the am not making okay, connecting dots week. here?
1: We, we talked about it last week with the dude who was like my PlayStation.
4: Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> oh, I okay. The, I, I
3: get it. My PlayStation. Yeah, yep.
1: it was most likely pushed back because of that. If I had to. If I had to make a guess. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's no other real reason I can think of to move it two weeks, unless it could also be some kind of holiday. They might be being like, "Hey, you know, can can we can we build this in for for this time or something like that?" But yeah.
0: True, true. Uh, gentlemen, any other uh, comments before we start sunsetting this sucker? Yes, no.
1: Okay. Yep. Right. I apologize for coughing during MLD's part. I, I, um, couldn't. <laughs> oh, just stop my, my, I my mic was to all
4: changed to uh, something else. Yeah, all good.
1: I, I couldn't, uh, like hit the mic in time.
4: <laughs> I can just imagine
0: the struggle at your end. <laughs> it's all good. All good. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. But uh, yeah, guys, I think that about does it for tonight. Uh, really good talk from uh, the group tonight, discussing our thoughts on. Pentiment, uh, Phil's latest interview statements And uh, the various VGA nominations And a few more things Josh Sawyer's uh, interview uh, We touched on that Now to everyone here that tuned in live tonight It was really awesome seeing you all here Uh, really, really awesome chat. You guys are much appreciated. And if you enjoyed our talk, then guys, please consider leaving a like, sharing the show out, and of course, subbing to the channel. I know I repeat myself uh, during the show at certain points, but hey, you know, it does really help us out. And uh, we would love to have more people uh, just stopping by tuning in. But we really do appreciate your efforts. Uh, but with that said, let's uh, move over to the outros, starting with Mr. General MLD. Buddy, hey, fun show tonight with you. Where can everybody follow you?
4: Yeah, you guys can follow me at MLD Ghost on Twitter. Uh, gamer tag is GhostMLD, and uh, yeah, it was a great show. Looking forward to the next one.
0: Agreed, agreed, buddy. Next up, Centurion. Pal, hey, awesome stuff tonight. Really good commentary. Where can all these fine people uh, find you at?
3: Uh, Thanks, guys. It's always a blast to be here, have these conversations. Thank you to everybody in the chat that tunes in and checks us out, whether it's live or on the replay. Um, Be sure to give the show a like and subscribe. Uh, For those interested in wanting to follow me, you can find me at Centurion1307. Uh, i'm on youtube xbox live uh taking twitter one day at a time at this point (laughs) uh but for those who also want to hear more podcasts uh obviously i'm here every sunday night right here on txr and i'm also over on gaming beyond the box with uh the with the great wilmy hood um obviously he's been busy a lot lately we've all been busy i mean freaking oh my god everybody's freaking working so much lately and not making enough money but hey um work comes first so yeah when we have time he does the show and every time he says there's a show i'll be there
0: sounds good sounds good and i look forward to uh hey gaming beyond the box love will me and the crew there of course next up eric shockley buddy hey i thought you had a really really awesome night uh like, great commentary as well from you. Where can all these fine people follow you?
2: Yeah, as always, you can find me at Shock Nero on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, good show tonight. See you guys later
0: next week. Sure and sweet. I like it. I like it. Uh, next up, Crusader, pal, where can everybody find you?
1: Right, everyone can find me on basically every social media platform at crusader three four five six um i, I am now on all of them just in case um so yeah you know come come and uh come and hang out it'll be a good time um follow me on you know basically everything all
0: right, his information is down below in the description like all of us yeah it's so- crusader
1: three four five six yep Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. guys.
0: And I, you know, yep. I I update it pretty often, so uh, just check the description. We're all down there in case you miss it. And of course, I'm Invader. You guys can follow me on YouTube at Invader Gaming. Also, check me on the Bluebird app, Twitter, at Invader underscore 1986. Also on other stuff like Mines, Invader Gaming, and so on. Again, check the description. Great show tonight, and we're looking forward to the next one. I know that next week for our... American friends uh, is uh, the turkey weekend, Thanksgiving. So, uh, you know, we'll let you know uh, what happens there. But otherwise, later, everyone, we look forward to uh, seeing you on the next one. Bye.